0: Uh, you know, if you ever want to, if you ever want to jump into the deep end of the pool, uh, they can always use some more help in children's church. Uh, they do, they keep you young. Uh, and I'll say too, we have some awesome kids. I don't know if you guys know that or not, uh, but we have some awesome, awesome kids and awesome, awesome youth, uh, here at our church. They are fantastic. Um. So, the rest of us who are back in here, you're stuck with me, and uh, I can guarantee you that I'm not nearly as fun as, they, as much as they have. Uh, but I like to think I'm all right, all right? So Mark, we're in the book of Mark, all right? Mark chapter 12 is where we're at this morning, uh, and I'll uh, read just a few verses for you. We've got Mark 12, 41 through 44, and then, uh, and then we'll jump into the the message for this morning. So here's what Mark 12 says. Uh, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Uh, So, a story that is maybe familiar to some of you if you spent time in church. Uh, But uh, before we before we really dive in to that, uh, let's do a quick review because we are in week two of our series, and uh, last week uh, I kind of laid the groundwork for the for the series, and we talked about how giving works. And there were three components, three steps to how giving works. So I'm going to put you to the test this morning for all of you who were here last week. Uh, there are three steps to how giving works, and those are the three things we're talking about in this series. So, step one is what? God gives. Absolutely. All right. So, God gives first, which is what we talked about last week, right? God the sustainer and God the investor. Right? God sustains us, but he also invests in us and into our lives. Uh, and then the second step that we're going to talk about this morning was we give. Right, So God gives, and then you give. You take what God has given you, and you give it to the kingdom causes. Right, And then the final step that we'll talk about next week is oh, God blesses. Yes. So God gives to you. Uh, you give generously, and then God blesses uh, the things that you give. Uh, and so, so naturally in our progression, last week we talked about God giving. So this week we're talking about the second part, which is that after God gives to you, you give from what you have been given. Uh, in other words, what are we to do with what God has given us? If we last week we established that that all that we have has comes from the Lord, and so. If it's been gifted to us, what do we do with it? Well, there is a lot of, uh, there's a lot of directions you could go with what to do with your money, right? And uh, if you were to Google it, I guarantee you that if you were to go to Google and you typed in, how should I spend my money, everyone will have an opinion on how you should spend your money. <laughs> everyone has an idea of the best ways to do it, the best patterns, the best strategies. Uh, scripture Funny enough, Scripture talks a lot about money. Scripture speaks a lot about, uh, about our money. Now, money, I think, gets a bad reputation, uh, and especially in, in Christian circles, and, and for others too, but really in the church. A lot of times we have this idea that money is this crude thing, uh, that, and it, to the point that you maybe even cringed when you saw that we were doing a whole series based on money. Right? Because the church for a little while got this kind of reputation of like, oh, they just want my money. Right? And and rightfully so in some regards, right? The church has gone through seasons where certainly that was a, a high priority. So we get this kind of negative connotation about money as soon as it's brought up, right? You walk into the sanctuary and there's a giant dollar bill on the stage, and you go, Oh, great. He's gonna ask me to give more. And then I did. And you're like, oh, great. I knew it. (laughs) But money, right, money, and especially the the constant pursuit and longing for more of it, it can easily consume us. right? It's why in the Word it says that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil in 1 Timothy 6.10. Now, we often misquote that verse, right, and we say that money in general is the root of all evil, right, so I'll put the the correction in there it says that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil not all of it all right now most of you you know that reference but did you know that there is more to this verse that's only half the verse the other half of the verse says this some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs right in other words some people have been so obsessed with getting more and more money that it gets them into trouble <laughs> Now, that side of money is certainly a problem. But money is, in itself is not inherently bad. All right? I had a great conversation this week with Gary, and we compared it to the Internet. Right? The Internet, as a parent, I worry for my children for the things that they can access on the Internet. Because <laughs> you can find just about anything on the Internet. But I also know how much my children can gain from the Internet because they are going to grow up with the vast knowledge of the universe instantly available at their fingertips. <laughs> so so what do we do with the internet because it's neither good nor bad inherently? Well, we teach our children how to use it properly and appropriately. <laughs> so what do we do with our money? If money is neither is neither good or bad, what do we do with it? Well, we learn how to use it properly and appropriately. <laughs> We learn the right way to put the thing to use. And Scripture has a lot to say about how we put our money to use. Now we've mentioned already in our giving challenge that that the first thing in Scripture, especially in conversations about money, is usually tithing, because tithing was giving the first 10%. It's not just 10%, it's the first 10%. It's like the second it comes in, the first thing I want to do is give some away. And and tithing is an important principle. It keeps God as the priority because it it comes first, which is why tithing is usually the thing we talk about the most at church. Tithing is our way of using our money to say, God, you come first. Obedience to you comes before anything else. But often that's where the conversation ends, right? It's like, give 10%. Done. (laughs) But the scripture has a lot more to say about what we do with our money than just the first 10%. What do we do with the other 90? Well, Scripture speaks to uh, using our funds to take care of our needs. Right? We spoke last week about Matthew 6. He, Jesus talks about how God cares for the birds of the air. Don't you think he wants to care for your needs too? Right? You're supposed to use your funds to meet your needs. And then he talks about Generosity. I love this verse, uh, Luke eleven forty two, and I love it specifically in the message translation. The message is like if, if you or I wrote Scripture in our own words. That's what the message always sounds like. And so here's what, here's what it says in Luke eleven forty two. It says, I've had it with you, you're hopeless, you Pharisees, frauds. You keep meticulous account books, tithing on every nickel and dime you get, which sounds good, right? Like, oh, good work. But managed to find loopholes for getting around basic matters of justice and God's love. Careful bookkeeping is commendable, but the basics are required. So in other words, Jesus is calling out these religious leaders because they kept their tithe to a (laughs) T, like to the cent. They kept their tithe. But they didn't actually care for anybody. They didn't care for their neighbors. They didn't care for the widows or the orphans that, that God continually tells them to care for. In fact, in Mark 12, right before our reading this morning, right? We read 41 to 44 in 38 to 40, Jesus tears into the same group of people because he says they take advantage of the widows. And in Proverbs 19:17, we get a great summary of this principle of generosity. It says whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord and he will reward them for what they have done. Now, you've probably heard that same thing this way from the mouth of Jesus. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. See, generosity is built into this system of faith, this this following Jesus. It's built into the very core of what it means to follow Jesus, is to have a generous heart. And it's not even just in the New Testament, right? It's not just people who follow Jesus. There were whole laws written in the Old Testament designed for generosity and taking care of the poor. <laughs> right? There was a great, uh, there was a great rule uh, called gleaning. All right, uh, Gleaning. And what this meant was, uh, and I'll, I'll read it to you from Deuteronomy 24, but it meant that when you, when you go to harvest your field, you don't you don't circle back to get what you missed. Here's what it says. He says, when you reap your harvest in your field and forget a sheaf, you will not go back to get it. It will be left for the alien, the orphan, and the widow, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all of your undertakings. See, so even when money wasn't really like you know like our paper money, there wasn't a dollar, he said, look, if you're a farmer, go through the field once and leave what's left for anybody else who needs it. And if you've, ever, if you've ever read the story of Ruth, you've heard about gleaning. <laughs> because Ruth benefited from gleaning in Boaz's field. It was a way that they could take care of people who didn't have the same luxuries, who didn't have the same incomes that, the, that they had. Now, generosity... Is talked about a lot in Scripture. There's a lot of other instructions in Scripture that we're not going to get into this morning for the sake of time. There are instructions about getting out of and staying out of debt, there are instructions about saving and putting some up, right? God gives lots of financial help in Scripture. But ultimately, I could give you all the rules and all the stories about generosity. And it's still not going to hit home because we have to answer the biggest question, not just what we do with our money, but why do we do this? Why should we do all of these things with our money, especially in seasons when there doesn't feel like there's enough? Why should we do these things? Well, the passage today that we read about this widow helps to answer this. Now, this widow... Uh, this story is kind of in contrast to the one right before it, uh, which I've already I've already mentioned. The story before it, uh, Jesus is telling the Pharisees that they they've taken advantage of widows because they would often they would be the ones who helped these widows like settle their estates when their husbands died, and they took advantage. And he so he counters this when the next story it says that Jesus is sitting opposite the place where the offerings were put. Now the offerings. Uh, the, the temple treasury was right in, like, the main courtyard. So, so it was a very public place. And, and giving and offerings became a little showy, if we're being honest. And Jesus, Jesus speaks to that in another place. He, he talks about how they, they come in all proud, and, you know, like, look how much I'm giving today. <laughs> and it was, it was such a, 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 a public thing. And he, it says he's sitting there people-watching. Jesus does quite a bit of that in Scripture. He watches. (laughs) And he sees this widow. Now, widows, widows in this, not just in that time, but widows in general, widows hold a special place in God's heart. Widows were the ones who would do the gleaning that we just talked about. They were, in Scripture, widows are often lumped together with orphans and foreigners people who are in need, people who need special care, people who need a community who will come around them and lift them up. In Psalm 68, it says that a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. See, widows hold a special place in God's heart. And so Jesus sees this, this poor widow, it says in verse 42, She comes in and she puts two small coins, says it's worth only a fraction of a penny. Right after, all these really rich people come in and make a big show about how much they're given. And then he says, I tell you the truth. Or an older translation says, truly I tell you. Whenever that phrase came up, you always knew that Jesus was about to say something important. (laughs) Because whenever that phrase is used, truly I tell you, or I tell you the truth, it's like Jesus saying, pay attention. (laughs) Let me me offer up a kingdom truth for you. (laughs) Let me teach you something. He says, this woman, this poor widow, has put more into the treasury than all the others. Her two coins, right? I find it interesting that, that they specifically note that it's two coins, right? Because for most of us, if we only have two coins and we want to give, what are we going to do? We're going to put one, right? Because then I still have one so I can meet my needs. But this woman, she gives them both. She gave everything to God. Jesus says everything, all she had to live on. Now, these two coins, it was too small of an amount to be her normal temple tax. All right? I don't know if you guys know this. There was a temple tax. All right? It was a mandatory offering for the upkeep of the temple. God's people would had to give some money to make sure the temple stayed nice. But this, this, these two coins, they're not enough to meet that tax. So that means that this is just some free will offering this woman is giving. She's not giving because she has to. She's giving because she wants to. She's choosing to give, even though it's her last two coins. And I wondered, I wondered as I read this, I thought, how did Jesus know that it was her last two coins. Because <laughs> it's, like, it's not like she announced it, right? It doesn't say that she, she came in and she says, this is all I have, watch me give. Because <laughs> the rich folks in this story, they certainly did those sort of approaches. How did Jesus know? And I was reminded of the verse in 1 Samuel 16. that says, the Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. See, Jesus looked at her offering, and he looked through her offering straight to her heart. He knew her heart in this. Jesus is speaking to the condition of her heart. Her gift was an indication of where her heart was. And that's something... That's the truth that I really want you to, to grasp this morning, is that how you use your money speaks to the condition of your heart. Because God's heart, we just learned, is for those who are excluded and hurting members of society. right? A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, whatever you do for the least of these brothers and sisters. right? God's heart is revealed by the people he's trying to take care of by the people who he wrote specific rules of generosity for. And the same is true for us this morning. How we use our money speaks to the condition of our heart. Now, I believe that one of the goals of following Jesus, of being a Christian, is to align our hearts with the heart of God. Right? To to desire what he desires. To long for the things that he longs for. And we learn what those things are by getting into his word. Right? God's heart is not a mystery. Right? If, I, I, I feel like I I question these things all the time, so I know that you probably do too. And it's this idea of like, well, what, what does God want? Right? Like, what does it look like to follow Jesus? What what sort of things should I desire? What's, it's not a mystery. He, he wrote it down for us. <laughs> right, he's given us a whole book, and he said, here's who I am. Here's, here's my heart. It's just sometimes what God's heart is, is hard for us to digest. <laughs> because God's heart, a lot of times, is, is for people and things that we don't necessarily want to have a heart for. But God... God wears his heart on his sleeve. He makes it clear again and again what his heart is for. This is why it's so important that we have a good understanding of how we use our money because how we use our money speaks to the condition of our heart, right? Are we in love with the things that God loves? Do our hearts break for the things that break God's heart? Does our spending reflect this? Or has the love of money held us captive and away from the ways of God, the ways that he says lead to life? Really what we're, what we're asking this morning, when we talk about us giving from what God has given us, really what we're asking is, are our hearts and our pockets aligned? That's a difficult question this morning. <laughs> a question that I imagine some of you right now are saying, well, that is none of your business, sir. <laughs> And you're right. You're right. It's not my business. <laughs> that, is, that is 100% between you and God. <laughs> but as your pastor, what my desire is, is that your hearts would align with God's heart. And if our giving is an indicator of where our heart's at, then it does matter. It does matter. So if you aren't sure this morning, if you aren't sure that that your heart and your pocket are aligned, or if you need Jesus to turn things around because you know for sure that they're not aligned. I want to invite you in these next few moments to just ask for help. Because this is like, this is the basic desire for a person who's trying to follow Jesus is to line up our hearts with the things of God. That's, that's like the core of what we're doing. When we talk about you know, trying to, to live right and, and, and speak the right words and spend our money, right, when we talk about all this stuff that we do as Christians, ultimately what it boils down to is we want to have the same heart that God has. And if we're going to do that, we have to ask for help. We have to be humble enough to admit that we haven't gotten it figured out yet. We have to do this, this word that we all hate. Repent. Because <laughs> we hate having to admit that we've got it wrong. That we strayed. Or like, to use a word that we used last week, we got distracted. We hate to admit that. <laughs> but you know, the funny part about it is, in the kingdom of God, that's usually the first step to getting it right. <laughs> is to be willing to admit that we got it wrong. There's no shame in admitting that we've been distracted or lost in our finances. Whether that's because we we haven't been generous, or maybe it's on the other side and we've been struggling because we keep racking up debt and we can't figure out how to get out of this cycle, so that we can be generous and do the ways that God wants us to do it. I want to invite you in these next moments just to go to the Lord to find your way forward into the heart of God and especially in your finances this morning to seek out the heart of God, that his heart would be your heart. That the way he would spend it is the way you would spend it. And I don't need you, I don't need you to come up this morning and, and, and tell me all of your darkest financial secrets, all right? That's not what I need. What I'm encouraging this morning is to just meet the Lord in this next moment. Just meet the Lord and be honest with him. And say, God, I need some help. Let me pray. God, we want to have your heart for people. We want to have your heart in our finances. We want to have your heart for this world. And yet, Lord, there is so much that, that pulls us away there's so much that distracts us from getting to that place we want to be. And so, God, we, we pray this morning, and we, first of all, we repent, God, of all the places where, where we've used our finances for things other than your purposes. God, we, we repent for our distraction. And we, we come this morning in humility, knowing that we could do better. That you would want better for us, because your heart is for us. So God, help us this week to align our hearts and our pockets with your heart. May our desires be your desires. May the things that we want be the things that you will, God, We're yours. We hand it all. We hand it all to you. Just like this widow gave all she had, God, we give everything we have to you. And we ask you to guide us, to use it well. In Jesus' name, amen.